Welcome to Best Song Ever. I'm your host, the li- lovable Liverpool lad, Luke LeBan. And alongside me as ever is my good friend, Kevin Connor. Kev, what's good? I don't want to embarrass myself by attempting an accent, so I'm the fifth American Beatle. Hello. Uh, an accent? Hmm. Hold on one second. <clears throat> Hello. Is that better? Oh, much better. Sorry, I just had, had a bit of McCartney mouth there for a second. I've been watching this uh, Beatles Get Back documentary a lot on Disney+, Plus, so, uh, you know, I just start talking like the guy. It happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised you don't have Lennon lips over there, but that's good that it only affected one of us. I've only watched the first part, so it, it hasn't oh, okay. come in yet. Um, and last week we were talking about, we've been watching this documentary, wanted to talk about it, and so I was like, I have a Beatles expert in the family, and so I should probably get him on here to talk uh, about this documentary. So please welcome uh, Beatles expert, author of... The Beatles through headphones, the Paul McCartney catalog, and my father-in-law Ted Montgomery. Welcome, Ted. Glad to be here with you guys, um, despite the bad accent. Yeah, I'm glad the majority of us on the call agree that that agree was that a, the accent a was rough bad. start. Yeah, and I I will say I rehearsed it much better, and it was more Liverpoolian. And then <laughs> when I did it, who knows what what went on? But we'll uh, move past that swiftly and talk about this documentary. But first, Ted, I realized I didn't really know your history of Beatles fandom, and I know you were mentioning you saw the Let It Be movie in theaters before we got on mic. So I just wanted you to give us a brief rundown of like how you became so obsessed with this iconic band yeah i grew up in a home with uh three older sisters and a younger brother and my older sisters were way into motown the supremes mm-hmm. and um marvin gay and stuff like that temps and uh but they also would sometimes play a beatles record and i heard it that's how i heard it that's how i was first exposed to it then i had a fifth grade teacher uh valerie smith who would bring in one of these, you know, tabletop uh, uh, turntables and mimeographed, that's how old I am, um, lyric <laughs> songs like I Am the Walrus and Penny, nice. Hello, Goodbye, really flagrant, like, weird yeah. and stuff. And we would, as fifth graders, listen to them and tell the teacher and the class what we thought it meant. And that was a great education. And she kind of uh, sold me on the Beatles um, back, however old you are when you're in fifth grade. But mm-hmm. love that's Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. And the rest is history. And now you've written, is it just the two books on it? Did I get all your books? I want to make sure I couple all, all your Beatles books. Yeah. Uh, the Beatles through headphones came out in September, 2014. Um, it, it did well enough. I'm happy to say to merit a second edition and that's, what's coming out in January. Um, it's got like 30, 40% new material, fresh material. Well, as the old stuff, the Paul McCartney catalog came out in, I'm going to say 20, 20 oh yeah 20. yeah um but it was just and i'm not going to be able to cite the group but 
a little humble brag for me. It was just um, voted the best discography of 2021. Wow. Wow. So, That's awesome. Congrats. Uh, um, virtually, I get to go to a, an award ceremony in May and stuff like that. It was like the sound recording. Um, it's a pretty obscure group. It's not like the Grammys or something. But, um, Still award worthy. Good. Award-worthy yeah. books here. Well, that that <laughs> shows up on the top in the laurels, same as everything. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, Ted, I have a question. So, just for everyone else that's listening, the Beatles through headphones, like that's what's what's the book about? In that, it's it's through headphones. Their music sounds completely different through headphones than it does over external speakers, and the reason mm-hmm. it does is because they're very meticulous about the placement of sound in the stereo spectrum. In other words, you know, it starts here and goes like that. There's little things here, little things here, little things here. As you guys know, they were very inventive in the studio, especially during the later years. They used really odd instruments for a rock band. (laughs) Um, Lots of brass, lots of strings, um, sitars, things like that. Um, and, And so... Listening to it on the headphones gives you a new picture of what it sounds like in the stereo spectrum. And you can hear things vividly that you can't hear over the external speakers. Crosstalk, little uh, mistakes, uh, Hmm. meter mishaps, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. There's lots of laughing. That's uh, what's cool. I was just re-listening to... Let it be and Abbey Road in headphones, you know, gotta, gotta be a good boy. And, um, I was noticing stuff that I feel like I haven't, hadn't noticed before. And especially with let it be, it's like, you hear that it's not perfect, which is really cool because that was the whole, we see in the documentary, that was the whole thing was doing it live. So great. The bass is badly out of tune on. I dig a pony (laughs) corrected it. I don't know why I just can't get past it. And let's let's get into the documentary now because the first thing I thought when I saw this trailer was like Ted's gonna be in heaven. So just let's get your first like takeaways after watching it and just like what was it like after being a lifelong Beatles fan to get this unprecedented look at their their life like this. Well, to give it a little context, as I was telling you, Luke, before we came on, um, let it be the the movie that came out in 1970 really showed the dissolution of the group. They were arguing. So, mm. Most of the bad stuff was in there. And it was a short film. I think it was 70 minutes. And it was grainy and the sound was bad. It was really depressing. <laughs> Peter Jackson took this and took all those hours of tapes and turned it into a joyous celebration of the greatest rock band ever making an album and it's the only document like that that exists so that's where its value lies i that said i have to say you have to be a beatles fan to want to watch this because it's a huge commitment yeah there's a lot of repetition lots of tuning uh, a whole bunch of smoking (laughs) arguing and uh, a lot of brainstorming where their show is going to be yeah or arguing about it. You know? yeah. In the desert. We got to go I, to the desert, guys. Yeah. When it ended up on a yeah. boat, I'm like, you're overthinking this. <laughs> yeah. um, 
so it's it's a massive commitment and i i did not do it in one or two days it took me a while <laughs> yeah. on thanksgiving and i just finished it the other day yeah i uh i turned on the first part i got home from something kind of late at like 10 o'clock and i was like oh you know what? i'm gonna just like i'm gonna watch a little bit of it and i'll uh, i'll pick it back up whenever i get a chance and uh suddenly it was 1 a.m and i had finished part one because <laughs> yeah. it's it's so entirely captivating, right? Yeah. You're just this fly in the wall. There's not a tremendously active story being told. Not really. You're in there with them. Yeah. And it's I, like every day would end in the documentary. And I'd go, oh, well, I'll watch tomorrow. <laughs> and like, yeah. like I said, the credits right. ended and I just sat there listening to the credit music because I, I <laughs> couldn't get enough. And I haven't been back yet, but I... I I can't wait to get back. Yeah, you gotta finish. Yeah, you gotta see that third part. Belong, yeah. I'm sorry, um, I, I I didn't do my homework. Uh, so what's interesting also, there's a big difference between all three parts. The first part, they're in Twickenham, a movie studio that's way too big mm-hmm. for them. Acoustics are terrible. They don't have the right equipment. They're miserable in the first part, I think, and it shows. Yeah. They're arguing. They're yeah. trying figure out what to do they can't agree then as soon as they move to abbey road it <laughs> they're they're like completely first of all they stop being aware of the cameras i don't know if right. you guys that but they stop being worried about the cameras being in their business and they just you know did the work and it's it's much more joyous i think part two <laughs> because yeah they were having a better time yeah and then part three is just great because it's the show yep. and like the show on the roof, the famous one. And it's it's so funny just seeing them toy with these ideas and like almost not do that like so historic thing that they did. Yeah. What's well, <laughs> with all the fur coats though? That uh, yeah, I love John's fur coat. <laughs> that look is so great. Was but it, uh, was it Paul that said he was going to start wearing the same thing every day for continuity's sake? No, that was John. That was John. She wore okay. that purple shirt like every day. Yeah, that was. I thought that was very funny. The buttons down there. Yeah. Um, Classic. My favorite part of the show, Kevin. You got to watch episode three just to see the guy who's like the bringing life back to London. He's like an old guy who you wouldn't think he would like them. He looked like someone who would be pissed off about it, and he just like loved them. He's like, they got great qualities, and they're like, would you let your daughter date one of them? He's like, well, yeah, they got money. <laughs> <laughs> he was like well, I mean, part. If, if you're in London or Liverpool, they're probably the greatest export ever. That right, had. right, yeah, definitely. The the part that like so like just got me excited was I think it was day four or five in the first part where John was late and they're all kind of like <laughs> giving him shit about it, and Paul's just kind of noodling around on the base. Or, I, yeah. I, I did an air base, but I realized I have to do it backwards. Um. <laughs> And you can like start to kind of pick up something, and then suddenly you re- you realize it's get back. Like he's yep. he's back, right. pulling that That's out of the so thin cool. air, and then he starts kind of just mumbling, you know, nonsensical sounds. That's that's you know ninety percent of the melody of the vocals. Yeah, and I mean just like this incredible song, just like plucked out of yeah. thin air. And that's the the backbone of the whole album get back is i think the best song on that album yeah and that's like it's very interesting because i loved 
Paul like messing around and like that one time when he comes in and plays the piano and does like long and winding road and golden slumbers like back to back. You'll see in the later episodes, Kevin, they'll say like this take was used on get on let it be. So there's like a lot more of that where you kind of see the historic like you see them play for five minutes and then they're like, this is the one that ended up on the album. Wow. And you're like, whoa, that's that's nuts. Yeah. Um. So, Ted, my big question I have after watching it is they were so like, this is going to be our last album. We want to like document our last album. Why did they record Abbey Road, which, as I understand, they recorded after Let It Be. So why did they make another one? They did. They they released it before Let It Be, but recorded it after. I think that they weren't happy with the final product. Um, It's really the only time except their first album where everything was recorded live. There were no overdubs. Um, And I think they wanted to make something really slick. They wanted to make something with George Martin and not Glenn Johns or Phil Spencer, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Their longtime producer and, Abbey Road is just a, a magnificent achievement. One of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. Hey, boy, they went out on top. They really did. Right. And it is kind of cool because then you get that, you get the rougher sort of like rock sound, but then you get like the sort of classic Beatles innovation. Yeah, the that, studio, well-produced, right. nicely arranged, beautifully sung, beautifully played. I remember Levon Helm from the band saying, I, you know, I should quit now because I'll never be able, the band will never be able to improve on Abbey Road. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, other, other members like that, how'd you like Alan Parsons showing up as the uh, tape? What was he? Tape checker tape or something? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in Abbey Road, yeah, and Kev, the Alan Parsons project, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with, of course. <laughs> and he, he started also the tape Pink Floyd, as you right, know. yeah, oh, yeah, just that's so crazy. And he's like a teenager. I was like hoping we would get some some crazy Phil Spector footage, uh, but oh. <laughs> I'm sure they cut some of that. I was like, are we about to see this this murderer do some crazy stuff in the studio? Oh, no, <laughs> that's part four. Oh. Yeah, well, you guys know, I think you know that um, they gave the master tapes to Let It Be, the album. After Glenn Johns opted out, Glenn Johns was a producer who produced notably the Rolling Stones many times. And oh, George yeah, Martin wasn't involved, really, although you see him a lot. In yeah, it. he shows up there. They gave it to Phil Spector. Mostly John Lennon gave it to Phil Spector. And he put strings and female choir on Long and Winding Road, and McCartney was livid. livid. So McCartney got his, um, made his statement, along with Ringo, actually, in 2005, I think it was, when they released an album called Let It Be Naked. Yeah. was stripped of all of Spectre's wall of sound overproduction, Mm. and it sounds great. It seems to me like that is how they really originally wanted it to sound spare and yeah you know so and it sounds like like i love i was recently talking about this at kevin's this weekend uh american beauty by grateful dead and i feel like it's it's that kind of rock sound of that that era um they they do it 
perfectly, I feel like. And so, yeah, I was listening to Let It Be Naked, and those versions are definitely better. And it includes Don't Let Me Down, which I didn't realize is not actually on the it's album proper. Release. And they got rid of Maggie May and Dig It, two kind of yeah. little, uh, snippets of non-songs. Yeah. So that, that was a plus for sure. Don't Let Me Down It's one of the best songs on there. Yeah. And I didn't hear it till much later, I feel like, in my Beatles listening, because I got Beatles 1 when I was in, like, junior high. Yeah. And so that was my first big exposure to all their, like, famous songs. And then that one definitely came much later. Yeah. Um, We're going to get into our top five Beatles songs here in a second. But, Kev, since we both shared our Beatles histories, I'm curious, what's your sort of listening history with the Beatles? Anything important to share there? Oh geez, yeah. I mean, my dad is all like, right the classic rock uh, guy. Like, I mean, I I was listening to Led Zeppelin and ACDC in middle school instead of like all the stuff that came out then. And obviously, the Beatles were included in that because uh, I mean, they would just play all the time. But then I I can't say exactly what year it was, but there was like a big box set released of all the Beatles albums, and he bought that, so he had. You know, every single one. And I remember, like, putting them into my computer and, uh, you know, putting them on my iPod, the CD rips. (laughs) And I listened to them, you know, all the way through every song. And, I mean, I've been a giant uh, fan since. Kevin's dad has a very impressive uh, record collection. You would would love it. You'd be, like, flipping through and be like, oh, man, he's got that. He's got some really good stuff. There's walls dedicated to to records and CDs. Bad finger? I'd have to check. It's, it's, I mean, he's got such a wide array. And I've got maybe 40 of his LPs at my apartment now of all the classics. But he's... I mean, he's got a bunch of his stuff from college that's that's worn to hell because he listened uh, to it a million times. What's yeah. the deal with Badfinger? Badfinger was a great band uh, that signed to Apple by the Beatles. Oh. Three or four really big hits like Come and Get It and Day After Day and No Matter What that you still hear on the radio now. And they're, they're sort of like Beatly, you know, you can hear the yeah. references all over it. But uh, the songs are really hooky and, and clever. Yeah. Oh, speaking of artists signed to Apple, we didn't mention Billy Preston showing up. Uh, he changed. That was great. Yep. Yeah. He really, like, I mean, Don't Let Me Down, that, that like, electric piano part is iconic. And, just, and even, I think it was Lennon who said something like, wow, you really lifted us up there, Billy. Yeah. And they're like, you don't mind coming in every day? And he's like, oh, I'm good to hang. It's like, of course he doesn't mind coming to hang with the Beatles every day. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, let's talk about our top five favorite Beatles songs. And Ted, we'll go through yours first since you're the Beatle expert. And we can start with five. You can just tell us why you picked it. And then we'll discuss and then move up the list. Okay. um, I... I really resisted doing the big hits. I love Hey Jude. I love All My Loving, but I didn't. Right. This is more of a, a deep cut list, but these are cool. fabulous songs. I picked two from Lennon and two from McCartney and one from George. Oh. Um, 
Lennon's are Happiness is a Warm Gun, which is a wildly beautiful song with like four different musical styles all balled into one. Yeah. And Ticket to Ride, which has a really, it's hard for us to tell sitting where we are, guys, but Mm -hmm. it was really inventive drum part and guitar part for the time was way ahead of its time and it it's it yeah sounds really good today coming out of your speakers it really does that makes sense the boom 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 that oh. like kind of unique drum part yeah yeah paul um for no one the by far the saddest beatles song ever a beautiful uh piano song with some harpsichord and a great um horn uh uh solo played by Alan Civil, a member of the London Symphony Mm. Orchestra. And it's just so good. It just tears me up every time. Which album is that one? That's on Revolver. Oh, okay. See, I love that album, but I I don't really remember that one that much. But I was recently watching this video of Paul McCartney breaking down his top songs, and that was on there. Um, You got to hear it because like the greatest description ever of a breakup. <laughs> mm, right, right. You'll you'll say to yourself as you listen to it, I was there once. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Another one, a very underrated Paul McCartney song for the Beatles on Abbey Road, Oh Darling, which is one of the great vocals on a Beatles record. And Just, who who is it? Is it Paul or John? Because I couldn't find this info. It's Paul. Oh, it is. Wow. Yeah. Paul's playing piano and singing. George is playing bass, of all things. Very unusual. John's playing guitar and uh, Ringo on drums. So it's a really simple sort of doo-wop-y 50s type uh, yeah. thing. But, I mean, he went into the studio for a week to sing it early in the morning so he could shred his larynx a little bit. And uh, wow. that's why you get that incredible sound. Yeah. I always... I've always hoped he'd do it live, and he never has, and he probably can't now. Uh, got these yeah, wild intervals not. and vocal intervals. And, yeah, very good song, though. Yeah. Um, yeah and George, sure. I love from Let It Be, I Me Mine, which is like this great guitar song, which goes from yeah. a waltz rhythm into a 12-bar jam and then back again, and it's so interesting to me. And it's the last song the Beatles recorded. Oh, really? And only three. John's not on it. It's only Ringo Paul. Well, they. And, and George. They were kind of discouraging that song in the documentary. Like They were. George was playing it. And they were like, oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then back listening and- to the actual version, they do that that part you're talking about, Ted. The, ah, me, me, mine. I was like not expecting. I was like, that's very like Beatles-y yeah. like, breakdown there. Yeah, and John and Yoko dance a little waltz while George is playing. Yeah. That was very disrespectful. <laughs> That's a super good song. One of the great Harrison songs in the Beatles canon. Yeah. I I didn't really know that one before watching the documentary. I didn't remember it at all. And so listening back, I was like, wow, this one is really amazing. I love the waltz part. That sort of Beatlesy breakdown, I was like, I'm still not sure how I feel about it, but... <laughs> But the whole song—it was inevitable. Yeah, they needed something to spice it up a little bit. 
So that's my five, guys. That's great. So I have I have one more question, because, and it's the ultimate Beatles fan question. But whose solo work do you like the best? Oh, well, I mean, we've sort of had a, a truncated career for Lennon and Harrison because mm-hmm. they're gone. Right. And it's been gone now longer than he was alive, which I just can't believe. And um, but their stuff isn't that good. <laughs> I like uh, Lennon's first two albums. Fabulous. Uh, Plastic Ono Band and Imagine. But the middle mm-hmm. stuff like Mind Games and Walls and Bridges was pretty weak. Uh, McCartney's done a billion albums because yeah. he's so prolific. Uh, and I probably like his Wings period stuff, the 70s stuff, um, the best, because there's some really hot songs that you never get to hear now. And, and I wrote a book about his catalog, yep. so <laughs> and I, obviously to have to listen to it and write a book, you have to be pretty dedicated to the 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 catalog. But um, he's had some terrible missteps, too, in terms of creativity, <laughs> but... Everyone does if they've been recording for yeah. 60 years. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, George's stuff, he, he had the first great Beatles solo album, All Things Must Pass, in 1970, which is held up really well. They re-released it a year <laughs> or so ago. It's a triple album, right? Um, and the best-known song is My Sweet Lord, of course, but it's also got, like, you know, isn't it a pity? Which they played in the documentary, which is a great song. Yeah, yeah that's a great album. You guys should do a deep dive on that sometime. Yeah. That's uh, that's one of the albums I have for my dad. His triple yeah. LP mm-hmm. uh, opens it, up. It's like yeah, it's got all it's it, it's a whole contraption. Sweet. It is. <laughs> um, Ringo, you know, <laughs> say no more. <laughs> You know I what, love though? Ringo as a drummer. He's the best drummer the Beatles could have had, for sure. Yeah. Ringo, uh, Ringo showed up and was positive and just like did his job. Yeah, and, like, there's something to be yeah. commended there. Although he did seem a little either tired or depressed, Kyle Googled, is Ringo okay? Or was Ringo okay? <laughs> well, remember that one scene where he comes in and says, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not good today. Yeah. He, he's just hung over. Oh, right. That makes sense. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Paul was talk always talks about when he because I've seen him give the let it be explanation a couple times and yeah they were they were partying pretty hard those those days. Yeah, but. and there's that one scene where Paul sings "I'm So Tired" from the White Album, which is a John song, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. And they show all these guys just kind of nodding off, <laughs> his head down on the piano. Paul's like rubbing his eyes. Um, it must have been exhausting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Think about it, guys. They they put together a film, a concert, an album in 19 days. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it's nuts. It, it takes also, two years to turn the the console on. <laughs> um, I was watching that thing. Paul McCartney said he wrote 300 songs with John and. He's written hundreds since now, but like, that's just insane. A thousand odd songs out there. It's wild. Yeah. And a lot of the ones he wrote with John are great. Yeah. Really, really great. Um, uh, so, pretty, I kept the quality up pretty well in the Beatles. I'd say. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's yeah. what was cool too in the documentary, just seeing the two of them work together and just like they really did have a great relationship, you can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what made this documentary so much better than the original Let It Be film, because you didn't see that in that. Yeah. Um Kev, wanna run down our top fives really quick and yeah, let's do get it. our reactions from the Beatle expert? Why don't you go first? All right. Uh, you said you didn't have any, or you didn't have the big hits, Ted. Uh, so I'm here to provide. I've yes. got a couple That's fine. of the big song. ones. Uh, eight days a week is my number five. I I needed Classic. like one earlier Beatles song, right? Because they're they're so. I mean, that sound is so unique, and and it was just huge. You can see in the dock the crowds yeah. that were following around, and that's yeah. the one that really sticks in my head. Uh, number four. It's the namesake. Get back. Yeah. I mean, it's just that song is jam. incredible. And like, especially for me seeing it, like you went dead of thin air in the documentary was <laughs> amazing. And it's so simple. It's music. Yeah. And he was Luke. like, he was, uh, he was messing around and like trying to figure out Jojo's last name in the yeah. lyrics. Jojo Jackson. Yeah. And I was just <laughs> like, well, no, he doesn't like, it's just, it's Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Just put Tucson yeah. in there. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> frustrating, right? You're like, yeah, I yeah. know the answer. <laughs> Uh, the next one uh, off the White Album, Dear Prudence. Love it. So good. Fabulous yeah. song. That's, uh, the White Album was the one I really like attached to when I was younger because it's it's so encompassing of all these different styles. Yeah. And it's my favorite Beatles album. Yeah. That's such a hard choice to make. And one of the songs off my favorite Beatles album is coming up, but I don't think there's a wrong answer for that. <laughs> uh, number two, Eleanor Rigby. I nice. just I I, I don't yeah you know had to you, yeah uh it's it's too short that's my only issue with it it ends <laughs> every time and I'm bummed out because it's it's what like two oh six I mean it, before you know it, it's over and you're like oh man I wish it was just like I wish it had that full length right. like, three minute song Ted do you know the whole oh and what'd you say it's just a string quartet and Paul's voice that's it yeah. wow. Uh, you know, there's like an actual Eleanor Rigby on a tombstone where Paul and John grew up. That's nuts. And then uh, my favorite song on my favorite album, Baby, You're a Rich Man, off of Magical Mystery Tour. <laughs> what? Wow. I, I like love that psychedelic era. And I just think like the back half of Magical Mystery Tour is just hit after hit after hit after hit. And they're yeah, weird songs. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I just, I don't know. It's just, I could put that album on any time and be happy. I was pretty uh, at their peak in the studio during that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was saying to Kyle, like, yeah, Magical Mystery Tour. I don't think that one's that great. Then we're looking at the, it's like Strawberry Fields Forever. Uh, I am uh, a Horace. I think I'm taking it back. Uh, (laughs) Oh, goodbye, Penny Lane. Yeah, like so many classics on it. I was so wrong. Um, it's um like that's one of the albums again like i've got for my dad and side b is just it's bonkers it's incredible that there's that many songs put together (laughs) all right luke what do you got all right so i'm gonna have some some weirdo deep cuts too um although the first one so my number five is two of us which i got to hear a lot in the documentary um I love that opening, that do 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 do, and then just it's just such a great, uh, catchy love song, and uh, 
we even got the ventriloquist version, which Kyle hated John Lennon's face during that when they were singing. They sing all of two of us. Um, You'll get there soon, Kev. Yeah, I'm going to go watch it like right now. I I can't. You'll be excited. That's great. And yeah, then this one is only a minute and a half long, but it's one of my favorites. And I just think it's such a unique like Beatles song and just song in general is Golden Slumbers from Abbey Road. Uh, again, Paul gets that big, like, voice on it, right? Paul's singing that, right? I don't have that wrong. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. Um, but yeah, I love that one. Um, and it goes right perfectly into Carry That Weight. The slow yeah. song before the big finish. Beautiful. Um, then Across the Universe, just the perfect quintessential hippie centering yourself <laughs> song. There's you, even lyrics. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the lyrics in the verse too. And uh, Ted, you've—I assume you've seen the movie Across the Universe, I right? I love that movie too. Uh, uh, it, but... It's possible I watched it with your wife in her. Oh, seat. that is very possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my number two from my only one from the White Album, and this might be controversial, but Rocky Raccoon is just. I just that doodle 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 do it's that ragtime groove. I can't beat it. I just love it so I, much. I know, yeah. And that's a John one, right? No, that's Paul. Really? Yeah. See, I have no clue. Like, I realize I have attributed a lot of Paul and George songs to John, and I need to figure it out now because I can't <laughs> tell their voice apart. Um, and then my last one, the album closer on Sgt. Pepper's A Day in the Life. Uh, epic, yeah, the most epic song you could ask for. We saw the Cirque du Soleil Beatles uh show, and that was like it just reminded me of how insane that song is with the multiple switches and the orchestra. It's just beautiful, I love it so much. Yeah, I Luke, you shared your list with me beforehand, um, and I I wouldn't have had any repeats except for A Day in the Life because that is, yeah, truly an incredible song. It is, and um, I, I just love how they put it together. And Paul's got that little middle part. Woke up, fell out of bed. Yeah, it just fits in there somehow. Which every time my hair's messy, I'm like, I gotta go run a comb across my head. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us the best phrase for that. Yeah. And my favorite Beatles album. I'm revisiting them all. Uh, it used to be Revolver. But now I think it's got to be Abbey Road. Just re-listening to it, I'm like, so many of my favorites are on there. I think I'd pick that as my favorite. I I resisted putting You Never Give Me Your Money on that, but that's a wildly marvelous song. Yeah, that one one goes to some crazy places, too. (laughs) And I love the, uh, I mean, Golden Slumbers into Carry That Weight is great, but also I want you into Here Comes the Sun because it just gets so chaotic, then cuts out, and then you just hear, yeah, (laughs) so good. Good stuff, guys. Yeah. Well, this is the end of the show, and Ted, I want to give you a chance to uh, talk about your second edition. You did talk about it a little bit already, but when's that coming out? Where can people find it? It should be uh, in January sometime. I don't have an exact date, but um, it's in production right now. Um, it's the second edition of a book that was released in 2014 called The Beatles Through Headphones. Um, and uh, it's got a lot of cool stuff. It's got all the 
re-releases that they put out since I wrote the first edition. That is one, you mentioned one before, which totally remixed, completely different. Um, Sgt. Pepper, the White Album, Abbey Road, and Let It Be. And it's got a a deep analysis on all those. So if you're an audiophile at all and a Beatles fan, you're going to love it. You can get it uh, at Amazon. You can get it at uh, Barnes and Noble, Goodreads, anywhere that you can buy books. Great, and we'll uh, we'll tweet that out and put it on their Instagram when that comes when out. Comes so out, I'll send you guys a copy, and then um, thank you. I can send you a couple copies that you can give away to listeners on a future show. Beautiful That's incentive type thing. Yeah, and it's the holiday time. It's a great gift for the Beatles fan in your life. Pre-order it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Paul McCartney fan in your life. Yeah, the Paul McCartney catalog. There you go. Twenty twenty-one discography of the year. Yeah. And that Dylan. We need to. You need to put that ribbon on the front of your book with that on it. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for being here, Ted. We really appreciate your Beatles expertise. Yeah, guys. And uh, your podcast is awesome. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're awesome. Um, And, you know, we talked about how Ted is the stepdad to my wife. And also, we have three daddies to us. And they are Planet Ant Podcasts. We're Planet Ant Podcasts, powered by Pinecast. And uh, you can head over to planetant.com, check out all the great shows, and go to planetant.com slash best song ever to join our discord channel and you can get great music recommendations, join the conversation. And then third offshelf.net, check it out. It's on the internet. My top 10 albums, best of 2021 is out there on Offshelf. You can also find, we shared it on best song ever social media. So go check that out. You can see what my favorite albums were and Kevin's will be coming soon. Yeah. And I think we only shared one top album of the year. And I so. think I know what that one is. Yeah. It's got to be Japanese best. breakfast, but exactly. we'll get into that in our best of episode. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to do it for us this week. I'm mother Mary reminding you, let it be. And I'm Kevin Connor saying I am the walrus. Cuckoo. Kachoo. This is the best song ever. This has been a production of planet and podcast powered by Pinecast.